Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to My Dad Wrote a Porn of the Footnotes. I've got James and Alice with me. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. And today we are joined by one of our greatest actors. You know, he's the star of The Queen, Midnight in Paris, Frost Nixon, Masses of Sex. But I think we'll all agree his greatest role is that of a fully-fledged Belinka. <laughs> it's Michael Sheen. Hello, 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 hello. This How is are so you? nice. Oh, you went all serious when, when you said hello. Oh, he- he- hello. Hello. It was like University <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> Levine. Hello. <laughs> Did you not get the memo? We were all supposed to do a really... This, the mm. whole thing is supposed to be serious. It? It's just gone awry with every other episode. <laughs> it's gone very awry. Oh, Rocky in- intended it to be serious. That's the worst thing. Well, yeah. Do you think he really did not in any way intend it to be funny? Having had conversations with him since... No, honestly. Mm. And he's like, what did you think of this? And we're like, mental. <laughs> Genuinely mental. And did like, he... Now, this is a question I wanted to ask you. Did he write book two... After the podcast had started. No, so he it was wrote four. Yeah, so he wrote four books before. Because I would have sworn that he was now writing influenced by the podcast. Oh, do you think? I'm sure that Jim Sterling cliffhanger <laughs> is as a result of everything you said in the first book, but not, but it's not. You don't know. Well, he kind of, when he first sent me the book, or the pages, I should say, of the first three chapters. The tattered pages. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it's great. Like, you know, write it. And he's like, I've already written four. By the time it took me to read the three chapters, he'd written four books. So he's very much he's like, written them. I can't them. wait around for your approval. They're written. <laughs> yeah, he's like exactly. the prince of erotic fiction. He really is. Like knocking them out. It's like the muse, like the Mozart. Just comes, he's a vessel from he's the a heavens. He really is. It does is. feel like that. It feels, because a vessel suggests you have like no mm. input and it does just kind of fall out of dribbles his body. out of him. <laughs> it comes through him like a terrible case of the trust. It really does. That's the best analogy yeah. so far. That's very accurate. It doesn't even touch the sides. Oh, it no. really um, doesn't. But yeah, there's there's four pure we call wow. them the pure books. Yeah. Yeah. The untouched books. It's like in hundreds or thousands of years' time when people have created a religion around it. And they'll be looking back and be talking about the four pure and then the apocryphal. This is the old testament. The Belinda blinked apocrypha. But these four pure ones, this is what they base the inner circle of the religion around. So how did you first discover the podcast? 
I was trying to think about this because I anticipated that you would ask me this. Oh, really? Um, you I, bought it on Kindle, didn't you? <laughs> I did. You came to it before the podcast. <laughs> no, I, I wish. I wish. You I are wish a I'd lover been there. of literature, so. <laughs> I was wandering past a gazebo and I noticed a man scribbling furiously. And I thought, I wonder. No, I, um, I think it was uh, one of your guests, one of your previous guests on Twitter. Oh. I think it was Rachel Bloom. Right. Who I heard on another podcast called Script Notes, which is about screenwriting. Yes. And they do a thing at the end, which is one cool thing. And her one cool thing when she was a guest on it was this. Oh. Like, oh, oh that sounds, that sounds interesting. <laughs> that sounds I'm ridiculous. Have a, have a listen to that. Anything, well, anything to do with your dad doing something that is embarrassing. Because I feel like we have a connection. Oh, okay, go. Because my dad didn't write a porno, but my dad, for many years, uh, was a professional Jack Nicholson lookalike. <laughs> Wow. I mean, what good? If I had a pound for the number of times someone had said that to But me. guys, a professional, yeah. at yeah, least. Professional. So he was, so he yeah. was good. Well, he got paid. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It started um, when the first Tim Burton Batman film came out. <laughs> and literally overnight, and Jack Nicholson played the Joker, and overnight people started coming up to my dad in the street and going, oh, you don't have to look like that Jack Nicholson. <laughs> oh, my God. And my dad didn't know who he was. My dad thought it was the golfer, Jack Nicholson. Oh, <laughs> So it didn't really make much of it. And then, and it happened more. So you must have like just... Started wearing Pringle jumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very loud trousers. Um, and then there was a big competition in the newspaper saying, do you look like the Joker? And my dad said, well, I think uh, I think I should have a go. Like, Everyone says I look like it, so I should have a try. So will you take some pictures of me? So I had to take photographs of him and he sent them in and he won the competition. Oh. And then when Batman was in our local cinema, he got a job. His first paid job as Jack was to stand in the in the... Not in the Joker outfit, in the kind of the the pre-Joker yeah, yeah. element, like a hat and coat and everything. The mafia outside thing. in the lobby of the cinema, as if he was a statue, and as because in those days there were still crowds outside coming in, and as the queue came along, oh. every kind of five minutes you would jump out at someone <laughs> and shock them and then go back to it. And apparently, he said that um, he saw down in the line a guy that he used to work with called Dave something. <laughs> and he waited for Dave to come along, and then he went, Dave Smith. <laughs> And, uh, and it frightened the shit out of him. Anyway, so that was how it started. And then for years and years and years, he was doing it. Now, That's for me, amazing. it did cause me quite a lot of embarrassment. So I feel like there is a slight connection there. I've only got myself to blame, though, really. I'm the one who's made this a thing. I could have just sat on this and never told anyone. It's true. It would have been embarrassing, but just for myself. But It's sort of like therapy, though. It really is. It's group yeah. therapy. If you hadn't have done this podcast, you'd have been on top of Tesco's with a gun. Absolutely. <laughs> Picking off stragglers. <laughs> Thank God. I think we all, the world owes you. Thank God. And this podcast, gratitude. Crisis averted. You're welcome, guys. Yeah. Out of interest then, did you get teased about him being Jack? No. But no, This because I was already in drama school. Oh, fine. So it was quite late <laughs> I, on. I was 32. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd be still been in school, but no, I was I was 21, I think. Okay. Like so it was cool. Then. Yeah. So I kind of liked it and was embarrassed by it at the same time. <laughs> Has he met Jack? Well, he's had the opportunity to quite a few times. A lot of people have got in touch with him and said, we'd like to get you yeah. to step out onto the red carpet when Jack is, you know, when Jack's over for a film in, in Leicester Square. And I remember my dad saying, my dad was telling me this, oh, someone has been in touch, my God. Uh, they want me to go and stand on the red carpet. I said, what are you going to do, Dad? He said, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm going to have a think about it. I'm going to have a think about it. And then I called him up the next week and I said, have you decided, Dad? He said, yes, yes. I'm not doing it. It's Jack's night. Oh. <laughs> She's very sweet. So nice. Very sweet. Oh, oh I yeah. don't want to spoil it for But him. he's done a lot of that kind of thing. So he's kind of the preeminent 
Jack Nicholson look like in well, the world? Mm, well, he doesn't do it so much anymore. Okay. And there was an American one who was very good <laughs> as well. His kind of arch nemesis. <laughs> but when my dad comes to visit me in America, he does love to go around with an LA Lakers hat on and sunglasses. And, he, you know, he hopes that no one will recognize him. <laughs> my mum is constantly having to go, yes, I'll take a picture of you. <laughs> Don't talk. Don't yeah. talk. I really want to see a picture of your dad now. Google it. You can Google, Google it. Myrick Sheen. Myrick Sheen. M-E-Y-R-I-C-K Sheen. And it will come up. There he is. There you go. That is very good, bad, actually. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. This picture is, has got them alongside each other, so you can see so you who's got to tell which is which. He got headshots wow. and everything. He did it properly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my. Funnily enough, when I was still at drama school, my dad was down in London doing a job, doing she a Jack Nicholson no job. She has no idea who the real one is. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't know. Is he a sportsman? <laughs> Um, he um, reads East Midlands today, I think. <laughs> wonderful. And I came down to meet him. He was doing some job somewhere, a Jack job. And, uh, and I met him and he said, uh, oh, I'm, uh, tomorrow I have to go into my agent's uh, whilst I'm down here in London. Uh, and I said, oh, do, do you want to come with me? And I said, yeah, all right. So I went in with him. And I was just sort of sitting there whilst he was doing whatever he had to do. And by the end of it, yeah, I could see the agent looking at me. And I realised, of course, lookalike agents see the whole world through the possibility of who you could be. You were being scouted. Yeah, and as I was leaving, she just went, James Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, you know, flattering, but still. Well, no, I don't think so. He's been dead for 70 years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Post-car crash, James Dean. (laughs) Not much call for a... Yeah. yeah, And then just the other day, for some reason, you know, like when on Twitter they suggest people you can follow <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Mm. She, her, the agent was suggested. No. Yeah. So I followed her and then I got a message from her just like yesterday going, oh, how lovely to hear from you, Michael. <laughs> we haven't found you any work. We're, we've still got oh, James God. Dean on the go. She said, if you want to do some James Dean. <laughs> couldn't do it. This was like last week. Oh, I God, love brilliant. that. So good. And I presume you are. Of course, yeah. That's why I'm here. That's what you're in town for. I'm not, I'm not just here for the Cheshire One Act Festival. <laughs> oh. You'll have to fight Jamie for that award. Honestly, I, mean, I can't wait to go back. Actors like us, Jamie. <laughs> it's a dog's life, isn't it? It really is. We're huffers. You I mean, I. it's all right. I came over, VIP on the plane. <laughs> oh, I'm very Cheshire much. One Act Festival paid for it. <laughs> I was very lucky. But Did you, you find B1 or B2? <laughs> I was in B3. I thought you were. I was. With oh, who? Yeah. Or on the <laughs> Me and both pilots. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I, I'm going looking for the spiral staircase. Oh, my goodness. I imagine it to be... You know, like beautiful antique fretwork. It's not going to be practical. It'll yeah. be ornate, obviously. When I did oh, yeah. Frost Nixon and we did the, the we did the scene on the on the aeroplane, I'm sure they had a spiral staircase in Re- the aeroplane. Really? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, in the seventies, I reckon they did. They had spiral staircases. Oh well, that was the last time my dad travelled. So that makes sense. <laughs> it does feel like the, all the, the the books, both books, do feel like they're set in the seventies. Yeah. And then suddenly it just takes a real yeah. swerve oh, yeah. and someone's cervix gets grabbed. Yeah. yeah. Or anytime you say the word tits, I have to say, I just go no. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I want to hear breasts yeah. or yeah. boobs even. Yeah, yeah, even a boob. Um, so we're, we're coming to the end of book two. And um, hasn't it been long? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've been doing book two forever. What did you say when you arrived? What were you doing before you came in? So I got here a little bit early <laughs> and I've been catching up. And um, so I just listened to the last episode, which was the, the Texas USA episode. Mm. And uh, there was still about 15 minutes to go. So I thought I'm not I'm not going in until I've heard this, <laughs> and uh, so I went walking. It's it's 
black as pitch up there really and cold. And I went, what? It's not a nice neighbourhood either, no, James. I know, it's very sketchy around there, clearly. <laughs> I don't know who you're hanging out with. Um, and I went, I went walking, like, for miles, <laughs> listening. And then just as I was coming back, I timed it so I would come back just in time. And as I got halfway up your road... Um, I, it got to the end and the, and the cliffhanger and, and yeah. Belinda's crying and Jim is like and, uh, and I just I screamed in the middle of the road I don't mind telling you I did a girly scream in the middle of the road yeah oh my oh, sorry God. sorry um, and uh, so when I got to the door my heart was still pumping when I was saying hello to you you were buzzed I was on a buzz did you I, I've never said but the road uh, parallel to this mm. one is called Perv's Road is it? Yeah. So you were walking down Perv's I Road. I did actually <laughs> walk down Perv's Road. And I was worried because I, I for one, because there are a lot of people coming from the tube station. There's a tube station on the other side. And there were a lot of people walking up from the tube Excellent station. Excellent transport links. Very good. <laughs> and uh, and so I was doing a weird thing because I wasn't actually going anywhere. So I was walking like down the road a little bit and then coming back down. And I think women coming from the tube station thought I was a perv. Like, yes, following that's them. textbook perv behaviour. Yeah. Especially in that Helga jump you've got there how dare you how very <laughs> dare you it's about 20 degrees outside and i would say that's i mean that's like arctic wear it is. even for me i mean I'm i not, can't talk i'm not stripping it i've only got a black thong on and <laughs> with a little bit of red piping <laughs> you keep that right this. where it is that's um, fine. I, I do want to ask about the time thing of it because how long have you actually been doing these podcasts in in real lifetime in real life a year, um, a year yeah a year. We, we celebrated our year birthday last about week two days ago right. three days ago but in the story, it's four weeks has passed. Yes. Yeah, she hasn't even been paid. She hasn't been paid once. <laughs> None of it's worth it. She's just living on her redundancy it's from her last job. It's so clearly. peculiar, that. Yeah. It's all happened so quickly. It's so unusual. I kind of want, I sort of, because uh, I know you've asked, I'm going to preempt questions here. <laughs> I know you're going to ask where you want the story to go, because I've heard you saying that to other people. And um, <laughs> so I don't really, predictable. Yeah. So let's not mess around. How I'll was it being in it. Star Wars? We just asked all the same questions. Yeah. Should we just leave you here with a mic? Yeah. Do a monologue yeah. and we'll go. Because I want to see Belinda in different time periods. I want to see her in like Victorian times oh, and oh like Jane Austen God. times. And that kind of, so do maybe, you though? Yes, I really do. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think it would be amazing to see her, how she deals with all that. And the <laughs> Belinda in the Regency it. period. Yeah. Oh so God. maybe she can like, because there is an element of bond, I think. Very much. Stories. A huge influence the of Flintstone. exotic. Im- right. Yeah. I, I figured. Because yeah. that's the 70s. Roger Moore must yeah, have been very in Bond, much I bet. The, it's, yeah. it's octopusy. Yeah, exactly. And maybe a bit Moonraker. So I feel like at some point, <laughs> Belinda will be led into a room at Steel's Pots and Pans. And it will be like the equivalent of Q. Oh. And they've been working on a time machine. And off Belinda goes. This is a genius. I mean, I loved when you got all Tarantino. And kind of, we, we, we went back yes. to the barbecue. <gasps> And we were seeing, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. when John Travolta comes out of the bathroom in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I mean, you, I know, I think you underestimate well, what Rocky is actually up to here. What I'm quite agitated about is the fact that we're getting to the end of book two and literally nothing has happened. <laughs> he, she's gone to like finalise deals that she'd already done mm. in book one. No. She's made no business progress as far we as thought, I'm concerned. Jamie's are, shaking his head. I, you know, this is where I feel I have to defend my father because, mm. you know, he has got a long and... Admittedly, checkered history in business, but I do think that he knows what he's talking about, James. You've never worked in business. One of the chapters was her getting in a car, yes, walking into a building, and walking into a meeting room. That was a chapter. You know, there was an award-winning novel um, that was just... The entire novel was the space of time it took for a man to come down an escalator. No. So, it's like... Be and, careful. Andy Warhol's movie, <laughs> Empire. 
indeed. Just a shot of the Empire State Building for exactly. like 10 hours or whatever. Yeah. We're talking high art. Yeah. That's not You just you can't know. see it, James. <laughs> God. Not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> Alice, back me up here. I don't know. They've got a really strong argument. <laughs> you She's such a turncoat. <laughs> talking of the classics. Yeah. I think there is I think there is an argument to be made that there are similarities between mm. um your father's work and yeah. Hamlet. <laughs> Hear me out. I'm just gonna let you speak. Um, what a deep breath that was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there have been some great works of literature, uh, theatrical literature, such as Hamlet, such as Look Back in Anger by John Osborne, that were mm-hmm. written in a, in a rush, in a feverish rush. Right. Um, okay. John Osborne apparently wrote Look Back in Anger in a week. It just poured out. Yeah. Uh, Hamlet, I believe, Shakespeare wrote in a kind of a frenzy. Okay. Um, and it's almost like they, they put so much into it so quickly that they're not in, in control of what mm. goes in there. So people have, have talked about Hamlet. T.S. Eliot, the famous poet, once criticised Hamlet as being certainly a, a failure of a play because technically it doesn't hold together. The timelines are all messed up. Oh. Does that ring a bell? Ah. Yes. <laughs> um, things seem to take much longer than they actually do in real time or shorter. Um, you're never quite sure of the geography of anywhere. It's all, it's all a bit like a dream. Um, does and that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? <laughs> oh my god! Um, and there are certain moments in it where you question the reality of what's going on, even. So I would like to say that I think you know uh, Rocky does write these very quickly. We know people tend to underestimate the yeah. the, the power of the work, but uh, I believe great pieces of literature <laughs> have been written in this way. Have you just compared Rocky to Shakespeare? Yes, I have. Wow! But James, both pieces have got iconic lines: "To be or mm. not to be," and "The Flesh of Mankind." The Flesh of Mankind. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, what a piece of work is man and the flesh of mankind I mean it could be if you said to someone where does the flesh of mankind come from I bet one out of three would say Hamlet that's quite a taste of Hamlet wow I I don't want to walk into museums in years to come and like the flesh of mankind is written on the wall in like italic writing this is my greatest fear that actually it's a genuine piece of literature, yeah. a milestone of the medium. If I'm if, terrified. Yeah, if Federico Fellini, the great Italian <laughs> master filmmaker, was still alive, he would do such an extraordinary job of this film. Do you know what? Eight and a half is it's, it's similar. Yeah. yeah. Mike, Michael, you have to stop. <laughs> I can't. I can't stop. It's like a cross between Fellini and Lynch. <laughs> with You're only encouraging him. With some Lindsay Anderson thrown in. I can't stop. <laughs> it's just delicious. And just a touch of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Something else I, that I do love about this show that occurred to me earlier on was that I love how outraged you get, Alice, <laughs> because I'm like that. I love the fact that one episode of this ended with you just going "fuck off." <laughs> that was the greatest end to anything I've ever heard. I do get absolutely furious, but I yeah. think with ground, that's what she says to us every time we stop recording. It's just like <laughs> "fuck off, I'm going home." <laughs> What another waste of a fucking evening. Alice is such a Bella. She is. She's the Bella of our group. I feel like after you spoke to um, Muddy Ditch Middlemarch, (laughs) Bella took a weird turn. I feel like you were influenced by him doing his his Essex girl thing. And now Bella is just... Her voice completely changed, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I enjoy kind of disassociating as much as I can from the book. Hmm. So <laughs> me kind of creating different personas takes it even further away from dad. So that's kind of my rationale. I see, yes. But also, I am terrible at accents, as you know. So And yet, very confident about going into them on the podcast. <laughs> Is that Cheshire one at festival? I, I, it lives my, with me. I, I, I seem a bit of my dad in you. 
Oh God! Do you well, see Jamie as a father figure? This is I so do. Weird. I it's do. like a weird circle. Everyone's connected. You're like my mother and father and my <laughs> weird uncle. Can I quickly ask about the Cheshire One Night? Festival? One act. One, one, one act. act. The Cheshire One Night Stand. <laughs> that's a whole other anecdote. It's a week long engagement. Thank you very much. <laughs> my apologies. So that's where you won for what? I, I didn't actually win. I was nominated for um, best actor in a leading role. Yes. For Toad of Toad Hall. Poop, yeah. poop. Poop, poop, exactly. <laughs> and does it still run to this day? It you does. Still... I googled it afterwards. It does still does it run. run. I'm there tomorrow. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Michael, I you told you. Do you not listen? Are you numbed or are you doing the announcement? I'm not numbed yet. <laughs> I dream of being numbed. The only way to be numbed is to go, Alice. Oh, they right. they still see. talk about Jamie's toad. Do they? I bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> is it like the ball? <laughs> it's like at the end of any performance, if people like it, the whole audience go, poop, 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 poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Online Therapy. Now, we don't always realise just how much our negative thoughts and experiences stick with us and weigh us down. You might find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mum does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get all of this off your chest. And I'm sorry about what I said last week, James. Um, Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. And that's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it. So your internal highlight wheel can focus on the good stuff. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mydad today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mydad. My first line ever, ever, in anything ever, was in The Wizard of Oz. Um, I was Farmer Munchkin. I had one line, and it was, Zoom! Not a line. Yeah, not yeah. really a line. Yes, it is. I made it into a line. I extended it to into noise. a line. Carriage return. You're like, yes. Yeah. First line ever. You owned it, though. That was nice. I certainly did. They Very still nice. talk about my Zoom and Jamie's poop poop. I mean, it really is. It's one for the ages. You haven't gone back to it, though, Jamie. Funny that. I think this podcast has proved why. I love that you did Toad of Toad Hall. That was your last stage performance. And then Porno Live. That's your trick. <laughs> no, I very much left it in Manchester. I heard you left it all on the stage. I did. I just I just couldn't continue. Mm. I had to I had to just walk away. I... And what about your uh, your butcher in Oliver? Thank you, yeah. That's yeah. talked about less, but I feel like it's maybe a more cult performance. This yeah. sounds quite mainstream, but mine was more of a... <laughs> you saying that Jamie sold out? I don't know. I just feel like sometimes you should hold out for the role that's meant for you. I'm just a whore for yeah. awards, right? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I too, when I was uh, very young, was in Oliver. Go on. This was before I'd 
made my mark on the theatrical okay. world. So I didn't play Oliver or the Artful Dodger. Yeah, but I think that, I mean, they're obvious choices. Yeah, exactly. Who wants to play those? I interpreted the role of Dick. Excuse me? Uh, <laughs> Dick Wilkins. Yes. Uh, Betty Wilkes is like Betty Wilkes. <laughs> Betty Wilkes does sound like she should be on Corrie. Yeah. You said, I can't remember what you said. You sort of talked about Betty Wilkes and uh, Vicky Woods as yeah. being something. I can't remember what like reference you made to them. But I was thinking, surely it's Coronation Street, yeah. Be- Betty Wilkes. Oh, no, we weren't allowed to watch the soaps as children. Uh, Parents are very against the soaps. I think Rocky could easily slip into <laughs> yeah. writing Kakari oh, or EastEnders. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. Oh, At least Hollyoaks. Maybe Emmerdale. <laughs> but definitely. He's definitely got He has the bill in him, I think. R.I.P. Oh, it's oh, not do- on anymore. Doctors. It's not on anymore. What about Doctors? Yeah. On the, the daytime one. Oh, so that's yeah. still on. What was oh. the one that was set on the Costa del Sol? Oh, yeah. El Dorado. El Dorado. <laughs> if only El Dorado was still oh, going. Oh, my God, we should do that. Bring back El Dorado, written by Rocky Flintstone. Yeah. Will you be oh, in it? God. Absolutely. That's another thing about bloody... Middle March Monday Ditch is that he <laughs> took the part that I wanted oh, to play. Oh, no, did you want to be Dr. Robbins? Yes. Oh, of course well, I of did. Of course you did. With his girlish giggle and his <laughs> hopping from one leg to the other. Well, and someone sent us a clip from you in Twilight. Well, I was going to say, I've already giggle. done it. So you no! kind of, <laughs> I've done it already. Yeah, so really, you can't, you, you don't be typecast. You can't play it All again. Right. Come on. Think I know. Your, well, I did think about it. Your career. All right, if I can't play that, then. How about Cedric? Ah, oh, that's a great choice. Thank you. We don't actually... Do we know Cedric's exact age? We don't. We just know he's... No, he's in his 80s, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I think he should be like 200. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <I> <laughs> like those biblical people like Methuselah. He's, he's 580. Yeah. He should be really, really old. Yeah, um, I think like, he was born BC. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. BC4. <laughs> yeah. But he's challenging. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but he's a challenging no, role. But it's a good character. Part. It's a great character. I enjoy Very playing Very scene-stealing, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Even in this array of motley characters. You in the lift. I mean, that could be your moment. Yeah, that's your Oscar moment. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I sort of imagine him like the creatures in Gringotts in Harry. Yes, very much so. Because I know that Foster's does feel like very Harry Potter, doesn't it? Don't yeah. It? But it's all those those little strange goblin-like goblin creatures. Are they goblins? Yeah, goblins. Yeah. Yeah. They are, yeah. yeah. So I sort of see Cedric like that. Why does everyone want to play older? Like, Daisy wanted to play the Duchess. You, like... Tony, maybe? Well, it's a I mean, rubbish part, though, Tony. Yeah. He doesn't do anything. Who, who have you got for... Um, not that I'm saying I want to play this, but who have you got for Peter Rose? No one's claimed no, Peter, no one's claimed. We do need somebody for Peter, though, that feels confident doing sex scenes. And to be fair, mm. like... Well, I've know, done a lot. You've yeah. done a lot. <laughs> I have done a lot. What are they like? What, are, what is a sex scene like in a film? Well, I've had a checkered career when it comes to sex scenes. <laughs> My first one ever was... Um, at the Cheshire One Act Festival <laughs> yes. in 1989. In a production of Toad of Toad Hall. <laughs> Me and Toad... No. Um, uh, my first one was with Stephen Fry in a film about Oscar Wilde. Wild. And Yeah. And uh, it was very romantic. There were billowing curtains. <laughs> and uh, I rode Stephen like, uh, like a bucking bronco. <laughs> That was my first taste, my first bite of the cherry. <laughs> my second sex scene was um, with chocolate powder smeared all over my face and I had to bark like a dog when I came. That was in a thing called Dirty Filthy Love where I played a man with OCD and Tourette's. Um, so the, okay. my first introduction to sex scenes was quite strange. I yeah. deep end. And then, of course, once I started doing Masters of Sex, then it was mm. a sort of daily occurrence. But then it became more about watching other people doing sex scenes, which was a, a strange thing. Well... Maybe you're really Alphonse, the voyeur. Maybe I am. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> Not that we all went, ah, we knew there was something yes. about it. <laughs> yes. That Belgian twang. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I am. Mm. Because it, it is weird to watch people doing it because 
on the one hand, you don't want to make them uncomfortable. Of um, and usually in our show, people who come, people come in just for a day who yes. would normally on, a, on the bill, God rest its soul, um, <laughs> would have just come in and been, you know, someone getting into a fight or whatever sure. in the background. In this, they come in and either just masturbate or have sex. And it's, it's not weird. the role. It's just, <laughs> no. get, it's just in the mood. It's the environment yeah. on set. Yeah. And so we try to make sure that they feel as comfortable as possible. So you sort of try not to look and all that kind of mm. stuff. But then <laughs> after a while, you just get used to it. But surely you're not having real sex. No, but it's, you know, it's... It gets close. It's, it's near as damn it. Yeah. yeah. Near I mean, as damn it. That's not a thing. <laughs> if you have sex, near as damn it. So no. In, in season one... There was a whole storyline about how I worked with prostitutes and they would all masturbate with a glass dildo, yeah. which is actually what happened in real life. And so all these actresses would have to, like, one after another, be in front of me pretending to simulate masturbation with a glass dildo. Now, there's only so much you can simulate up to a point. <laughs> and then there was one young lady who she decided to go you have things called modesty patches the mm. ladies have modesty patches the men have modesty pouches mm-hmm. of course um this young lady decided that she was going to go without a modesty patch but her scene involved her being on all fours and me and lizzie who plays the other character being sort of behind her oh. and um i mean i could see daylight <laughs> See the stars. It's, it's true. You could see Belinda's cervix as a, as exactly. a constellation. I could. Wow. wow. Uh, Orion's belt. <laughs> and I remember at that point, because we always have a closed set, so there's a minimum amount of people in the room. You know? Yeah. And at a certain point, I remember looking at Lizzie <laughs> and realising, we're just filming porn. Yeah. This is, that's what this is. I could feel that everyone was very uncomfortable. Because mm. it's weirdly legitimised. Like, it's legit yeah. porn, which is even weirder, because it's like, we're all under this... Illusion that it's not, but yeah. it is. Oh, yeah, I'd be nominated for a Golden Globe. <laughs> but I can still see <laughs> Afghanistan. Isn't that, eh? It was full on. Yeah. Wow. No matter how great a calibre of actors you've got, like Alison Janney, amazing, mm. it's still porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But what does the patch usually cover then? Because there you'd have to have, I imagined it like a plaster. It's like, um, what do you call them? A, like a sanitary it's towel. like a sanitary towel, yeah. And it oh, goes okay. all the way round. And so it's a sort of flesh-coloured, large sanitary towel <laughs> Who's with a picture those? of Bambi on it or whatever, <laughs> The Simpsons or something. And then the men, we have a pouch, which is... And I'll tell you what's difficult about the pouch is that you, you're supposed to put your full set in. Set? And then it's got How a, many pieces are there? <laughs> Well, you know, you've got your cutlery and your knives and forks. You know. And you've got your stones, of course. And your stones. And your, what are the, the testicles of the hand. Um, <laughs> and you, um, and then it's got a drawstring on the pouch. So you have to get everything in. And then you pull the drawstring. Oh, and then it keeps it all locked it's in It's like there. a medieval money exactly. container. Like a little leathery medieval <laughs> merchant's pouch. <laughs> but like the tax man would have. Exactly. For like gold coins. Exactly. Yeah, like the doubloons. So you put your doubloons in there. <laughs> And uh, your hose and your doubloon, <laughs> and uh, and you tie that up, and then that keeps it all safe and, and supposedly there. But what tends to happen over the, over time is that your doubloons work their way out. Oh, I bet. So you've got your hose still in there, <laughs> fastened in. Everything's in different areas. But your doubloons are just yeah. bouncing around. Oh, wow. <laughs> that drawstring's not made. I don't know why I've locked onto your eyes. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I've been very. I can't look anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. Suddenly there was no one else. In the room. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, so that's how the pouch works, or doesn't. I, <laughs> yeah. If I recall, I didn't ask, but thank you. No. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been uh, turned on by Belinda Blinked? Is it? I can't say I have, to be honest. Not in the actual thing. In, in my reveries afterwards, perhaps, possibly. <laughs> in but, his rewriting uh, of Belinda Blinked. Yeah, sure. exactly. I, I, in my uh, fan fiction that I wrote <laughs> of it. Um, there, that fan fiction is an extraordinary thing. Have mm. people been doing that with this yet? Yeah, yeah we've had They're some. Right. Have you had it for the show? Yeah. Uh, well, not so much for the show. There may be, but for Twilight. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. My daughter takes great pleasure <laughs> in making me read the fan fiction that is specifically about me, my character, Arrow, and uh, Jamie Campbell Bower's character, Caius, um, just getting it on together. Oh, wow. So she thinks does it's fan fiction, hilarious. Yeah, well, I can imagine. Because yeah. in this scenario, really, you're like, you're, you're as rocky as to Jamie. No, but the other parallel, of course, is that my daughter has grown up. My dad is in a porno, yeah. essentially. Oh, I mean, not that it is. It's not a porno. It's not. But as far as... Do you want the viewers or not? <laughs> All right, it is a porno. What are you doing here? Get your daughter in. I we don't know. want you anymore. She's going to do a podcast like this herself in years to come. My dad's in a porno. Yeah. We've got competition. Did, did your father have oh, something traumatic happen to him? Early on in his life, was he? Did he accompany his mother to a gynecological exam of some kind? <laughs> what a question! I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, that's is this specific. your like, small talk? Yeah, um, everything revolves around gynecological exam. No, but his 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 mixing up yeah. of like sexy sexy time and full on gynecological medical, medical yeah. stuff. He doesn't really seem to know where the line is, does he? Granny. Doesn't know about. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring your granny into this, as if it could be any worse. Yeah, I, well, I don't even want to think about it. No. And my poor mother, she doesn't want to be dragged through all this. No. I mean, you know, it's 40 years poor of marriage. Wilma has suffered enough, hasn't oh. she? It's torn the family apart. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes think though, their neighbours and things like that. Do their neighbours know? Mm. Well, Dad goes everywhere brandishing his business cards. So, <gasps> I, Rocky, have you got one? I actually have one for you. He gave oh. me one. He actually signed one for you. Oh, has he signed one for anyone else? A couple of people, like waiters and stuff. Oh, oh well then, that's fine. <laughs> so it's limited edition. He like signs the check and he goes, I'll sign this as well. <laughs> um, so so here it is. This, this is. this is for you. Have you seen one of these before? No, I haven't. There you go. So that, that is yours to keep. Oh my goodness. All of its contact details. <laughs> Oh, it really is. You've really, got a direct really line. Is. Private number to the leather room. <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of the tape, he's just turned it over. I turned it around, and there is the signature on a very lithe, young, I'm going to guess, female body. She's very spelt, isn't she? A little rib on show. Look at those pomegranates. Look at those pomegranates. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to get that laminated. <laughs> Immediately. Oh. Why? Why do you need it laminated? <laughs> Never you mind. Never you mind. I mean, I've spent the last couple of weeks just ogling grey whale's penis, to be honest. It's a shocker, isn't oh, it? Oh, I've got a lot of running out of that. Ah. I just like to thrust a picture of it in someone's face and go, what's that? What's that? I'll give you three guesses. What's three, that? Three, two, one, go. And they all, most people go, grey whale penis. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. I know. It's terrible, isn't it? It's such a great way of like bringing pervs out of the, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. the closet. What is this? Grey whale penis. Have you listened to my dad wrote a porno? Yeah. The other thing that I, I that I do to try and find out if people are, you know, dad wrote a porno cool. Yeah. Right, is uh, I'll whisper to them, my auntie. 
is sick. <laughs> <laughs> the, the famous secret password. Was it to get into the brothel? Yes. yes. Yeah. In, Dun- yeah. in Amsterdam. Yeah. And if they whisper back, and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're cool. You get out the caviar, yeah. you grease up your lips. <laughs> it's wild. When I first started listening to it, it was during this season, this last season of Masters of Sex that, that I've been filming. Oh, yeah. Which I only finished last week. And uh, so I would listen to it in my trailer in a, of a morning, eating my breakfast before I, after I'd been in hair and makeup. So I'd be in character oh, as, wow. as Bill Masters. And I would sit there and listen to Belinda Blinked as... Uh, as I was eating my breakfast. Wow. Guffawing. Spitting bacon and scrambled <laughs> egg onto the mirror in front of me. Any other converts on the set? Yeah, I got, uh, so I got Lizzie listening to it. Great. Right? And then Lizzie and Tom, Riley, her fiancé now. Oh, congratulations, um, They guys. started listening to it uh, uh, when they went on this trip, uh, when they had a bit of time off. And uh, now they're massive converts to it as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. Thanks for spreading the word. We we don't owe you any money, do we? No, no, no. Okay, great. No, I feel like I feel like an evangelist. Like I've, I, it's like Paul going off and sending letters, epistles to the Corinthians. I feel like this is the beginning of a religion. Someone tweeted the other day saying that they were on the tube, and the, what, what's that? The tube. What does, what's so that? It, it's it's a big kind of cylinder that transports all the plants. You've changed, oh, Michael. I <laughs> oh, must try it something. <laughs> And, He's um, the living end. Isn't he just? I came with a backpack, for God's sake. <laughs> really and that did. wine was... I mean. <laughs> no, but this girl was on the tube, got to the clit hanger, kind of went, oh my God. Yeah. And the guy next to her tapped her on the shoulder and said, Jim Sterling, right? <gasps> no! And she was like, yes. And they had a conversation about Belinda Blink. So it's actually bringing people together in yeah. a really weird way. God, it is It is like a religion. Like, it's, yeah. it's, there's a community. How many do you need? Because on the census, wasn't Jedi a religion? <laughs> is it 10,000, yeah. I think? Only 10,000, isn't it? 10,000 Belinkers. You could be a high priest, Michael. Oh, I could. <laughs> I was born for it. My, fa- my great-great-grandfather was a street preacher in Port Albert. He was a waster, uh, drinker, gambler. He was lying in the gutter one night and God spoke to him through the moon and told him to mend his ways. And from then on, he became a street preacher. Oh my wow. God. Is that for real? That's in my genes. <laughs> so you could stand on streets, just ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyone can do that, technically. <laughs> of Belinda. Preaching the word of Flintstone. Escape into a world of pots and pans. Of make-believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, thank you so, so much for swinging by and talking all things Belinda with us. I want to thank you on behalf of myself <laughs> and all the Belinkers. Oh. Um, for this. It's so wonderful. You make me laugh so much, all of you. And it's so lovely to get to know you through the podcast and now to actually be yes. here. Yes. It is as good as everyone imagines it would be out there. It is wonderful <laughs> to be in the warmth of the welcome. In Belinda's bosom. In Belinda, in the bosom of Belinda. Oh, I dream of it. It's Such been a pleasure. A pleasure for us now. Fuck off. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. 
ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. 